This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today's podcast is going to be a lot of fun. I'm talking to hugely popular writer and performer Tova Lee about how she got thousands of mums and dads across the world to share their parenting confessions with her. It all began when she started hosting pyjama party confessions evenings on Facebook as a way of hanging out with friends and like-minded mums. She found that fessing up to the white lies and extravagant claims we've made to our kids actually helps lots of parents get rid of the mum guilt they carry around with them. And so she turned their stories into a book and a one-woman show called You Did What? which she's bringing to Birmingham. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to help people to connect both online and in person. My goal is to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with it. So let's open up the confessional with Tova and find out the funny, moving and sometimes outrageous secrets of mums and why we all need to share a bit more than we do. Hi Tova, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I just finished a Zumba class. I always feel really... <laughs> Oh, fantastic. I know. Uh, alive. I was I was half asleep before, but now I feel uh, invigorated and uh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so tell me about your book. Why did you decide to write a book about parenting confessions? Uh, so the book, uh, You Did What? with a question mark, uh, is basically, um, it's a collection really of confessions and secrets and stories uh, from lots of women uh, from all over the world. Um and the secrets and confessions are in all kinds of topics, actually. Parenting is a, is a big part of the book. Um, and I guess my, my interest, <laughs> some would say obsession, <laughs> with secrets started a few years ago. I was, uh, I, you know, I had, I have three kids and they were still really young and we weren't really going out, uh, you know, as many parents can probably relate. You don't really go out, right? So uh, we thought, oh, I want to do something on a Friday night, but we can't really go out. So why not just hang out on Facebook um, and just have a bit of a party? But I thought, you know, how can I make this a bit more interesting? And I thought, I'll ask people to send in confessions and I'll just read them out on Facebook and see what happens. 
And that was kind of how it started. Um, I used to do on, every Friday night pajama party and confessions. And basically people would send in their confessions. I'd read them out. We'd all have a drink, a bit of a laugh. And then at some point people started voting for what their favorite confession was. And we got some brands involved and we were giving prizes out. And very quickly I realized that two things. A, we all have the same secrets. And B, everybody felt so much better when they got their secret out. Um, and that was really, yeah. And that was, I didn't expect that. So I, I sort of always knew I really want to make a book out of this. Like, I feel like there's a book there. Uh, and yeah, about a year ago, I reached out to my community and I said, would you want to be part of this? They're all, you know, they're, such an amazing bunch of people. There's so many of them and they're everywhere in the world, but they are generally like such a great community. And they did, they sent in thousands of confessions and so many of them were parenting ones. You know, I honestly, I could have called the parenting section parenting hacks. (laughs) (laughs) It does make us feel better. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of them are in fact parenting hacks, like all the little things you know. Yeah. So dish the dirt. What are some of the best ones that you've come across? I mean, oh God, in the parenting section, um, there's been a lot of lies, a lot of lies told to children, you know, about the ice cream van playing music, you know, when the ice, when they've run out of ice cream, someone told their kid that the ice cream van is in fact an egg van. I'm not quite sure why, but apparently it worked. (laughs) Someone else told their child that the ice cream van is driven by a clown because their kid is afraid of clowns. Uh, Someone said that she- Oh, that's mean. I know that is mean. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, our number one rule, Zoe, is no judgment because, you know, you, you know, we've all been in that moment where you just like, you're desperate and (laughs) you just say the first thing that comes out of your mouth. There was a mom that actually said that, and she regrets this obviously, because it opened a whole new conversation that was quite challenging, but she just had it one day when her kid was asking her constantly about Santa constantly and constantly and constantly until she just snapped. And she said that Santa was dead. (laughs) (gasps) Yes. Yes. That was an unfortunate moment. But yeah, just lots of uh, lots of things. But there's also things. So some lots of the stories are very funny and sort of these little moments that we have as parents. But some of them are actually quite serious and um, even dark. You know, I've had uh, moms talk about uh, you know not bonding with their babies for a very long time and not having those maternal feelings that we are you know supposed to have immediately, and it doesn't come so immediate to everyone, but it's very hard to talk about it. Uh, and actually that was a theme that repeated itself. Uh, so it's, it's definitely more common than people think. I just think it's a secret that no one wants to share because you're, you're scared you might get judged. But it's so important to talk about it, isn't it? So important. And of course, mom guilt, you know, Mm. uh, I, I think there was a lot of moms that were able to laugh at the mistakes that they made or those moments that, oh God, I shouldn't have said that Santa was dead, but they didn't feel bad about it. But then a lot of other moms felt, you know, felt quite guilty about, you know, different things that had happened. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Why do you think we put ourselves through that mom guilt? I've, I have a, a whole theory about that, actually. I, I used to have a, a lot of mom guilt. Like, I honestly wasn't convinced I was a good mother at all uh, because I compared myself to what I thought was the standard of what it meant to be a good mom. And I didn't th- feel like I was living up to that standard. Uh, and I, I was tormented over it because obviously I love my children more than anything. And I want to be the best mom that I can be for them. 
And it was a lesson actually that I learned through uh, something that happened to us. So Mike and I, a few years ago, forgot one of our daughter's uh, birthday assembly at school. (laughs) Just forgot. Uh, Don't worry, we made it and she's fine. But um, in the moment we forgot and someone called us up and told us, where are you? It's starting. And we just suddenly realized, God, I won't make, I won't tell you the whole story, but the point is we rushed to the school and we made it. We got there just as she was about to get the certificate. She never knew she was fine. All was good. But when we came out of the event, I was walking around feeling like the worst mother in the world and really torturing myself, you know, with thoughts like, how could that have happened? What type of a mother forgets this? I'm the worst mother in the world. And then my husband (laughs) just turned around to me and he said, wow, we're really the best parents in the world. (laughs) And I thought to myself, yeah, for for rushing there and making it. And that's what he thought focused about. He was able to see he 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 was so kind to himself with we made a mistake, you know, we we dropped the ball, but how did we respond? We responded, you know, like the best parents in the world. We dropped everything. He was on his way to something, he just canceled it. I ran for about 15 minutes straight from where I was physically did not carrying a dog in my arms to get to there. <laughs> and that's what he focused on. And I had a real mo- a eureka moment of like, wow, perspective. Where's my perspective? You yes. know, a lot of things that we do, we just do them and we don't really give ourselves any credit for them. You know, mothers do so much and we don't give credit that and we true. only focus on the moments that we drop the ball, you know, and, and that really helped me. Tell me some more of the confessions. I love the one about the mom changing the clocks. Yes, in the house. Uh, oh, genius, <laughs> you know, because I actually tell a story because I share my own confessions in the book. Uh, and I tell a story about, uh, you know, snapping one day and sort of <laughs> taking some cupcakes that I had made with my children and just chucking them in the bin because I was so angry and I was so annoyed. Um, so I love this story from another mom who had probably a very similar afternoon to uh, to what I had. And she just couldn't take it anymore and really just needed, you know, she needed, I guess, that afternoon to finish. So she just had this genius idea and she turned all the clocks in her house back uh, by a few hours. And I think she put her kids to bed at like 4 p.m. and told them it was 7. <laughs> We've all wanted that moment to happen. But you see, for now us. you know that if you really need to, you can do it because someone else has done it. Mm. Someone else has done it, you know? <laughs> yes, that gives you the okay, the green light to do I it. I think so. You know, her kids are fine, you know, and she had a she she needed that afternoon and she took it and well done. Good for her. So what have been some of your some more of your confessions? Um, so the book has other sections, obviously. Uh, it's not just parenting. Uh, there are a lot of um, very funny revenge stories. Um, and uh, there's some revenge stories, by the way, that are related somehow, I guess, to, I don't know, an aspect of parenting. There was a woman who said that she was very upset that uh, her mother-in-law, I think, was constantly you know, commenting about her breastfeeding in sort of public or next to the family around, you know, not in private, basically. And she got so annoyed one day that she made her a cup of tea with breast milk (laughs) 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 and never told her about that. That was like her little sweet revenge. Um, 
lots of stories about people, stuff they get up to in the office. And then there's another section that's uh, obviously relationships and sex. Uh, again, some parenting related stories there. A lot of uh, people tell stories about their kids walking in on them <laughs> while mm. having sex or walking in on their own parents while having sex. And I, I don't know what's worse, by the way. <laughs> And then, of course, the last section of the book is bodily fluids, which is the gross section of the book, which I recommend people don't read after a meal. <laughs> um, and, you know, when I started doing confessions all those years ago, and we started getting all these confessions about, you know, weird places people have to poop, basically, uh, I was I was quite judgy. Uh, honestly, I was. I, I'm not. I'm not. I will admit that now, because I, I was a bit like I don't understand. Like I don't understand how you get to a point where you think that you know pooping into a purse is <laughs> it's like your only option. Oh my goodness! Yes, but honestly, <laughs> after reading so many confessions, I'm telling you, it is again quite a. It's a thing. It's a phenomenon. But again, it does relate also to parenting because a lot of people have very funny stories about you know explosive nappies and about actually using their kids' nappies when they really had to weigh and they couldn't think of where to weigh. Lots of moms have used their their kids' diapers and nappies <laughs> uh, to, to weigh in. Um, and some, oh, another woman uh, confessed something really funny. She, they used to co-sleep. Uh, so she co-sleep with her toddler. And one night she actually wet the bed, but she blamed it on the toddler. <laughs> <laughs> and never told her partner that in fact it was her. Uh, so yeah, lots of lots of different stories. Um, I'd say yeah, I'd say majority of them actually are probably from parents in the book. Uh, yeah, and what's been the reaction from moms and dads when they've read the book? I mean, I think uh, it's really, I, I love that the book isn't just one thing. So I think it really depends on who reads it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they engage more in the comedy of it. And they're, this is the funniest thing I've read. This is so funny. It's great to know like what people are doing. Some of people, some, you know, so, there are some confessions in there that would potentially make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I wanted them there. I didn't want it to be just safe because the whole point was to actually highlight what people get up to behind closed doors when they think no one is looking. And the whole point of it is actually to shed a light on something that is potentially uncomfortable or a stigma and 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 have it out there, you know? And I have to say that every confession that's in the book represents probably a group of confessions that was very that were very similar. So if you read something and you think, oh, this is very strange, this person is, is, he's probably, this person is the only person in the world that that's happened to, then I can tell you they're not. <laughs> they are absolutely not. It's a representative of other stories that are very similar. So the reaction has been good and very uh, different depending on who reads it. Uh, some people took away from it something more profound, like if they read uh, you know, someone confessed about being a cross-dresser and how it's helped them in their life and what that has done to help them address their anxiety or feelings of not belonging. And, uh, you know, so you'll get someone reading that and saying, wow, that meant a lot to me to, to, to sort of know. Do you know what I mean? Like that's so, yes, that's definitely. my story. It's all about 
breaking taboos, isn't it? So I, yeah. So the reaction is, is, is interesting because like I said, different people are taking different things away from it, which is good, which is really good. I'm happy about that. So tell me what's life like in the Lee household? How, how old are your kids now? Uh, so I have three, we have three daughters and my eldest is 10. Uh, so, and my, and, the, and we, we have twins, the twins are eight. Uh, and I think in terms of my children, it's really the sweet spot now. Uh, you know, like we, there were the first few years were just awful, <laughs> like really bad, so hard. We had to, we basically had three kids in the space of two years. So, I mean, you know, I, this, wow, yeah, there's nothing lot. more to say after that. I think, I feel like it says it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think when the twins turned five, we turned a corner. We really did. I always say that the point where they were able to wipe their own butts was such a turning point, you know, just being able to do that yes. task. It sounds so small and stupid, but it was so significant, oh, right? So now it's preteen still, but pre-preteen. She's still 10 and not yet uh, getting into that preteen, but it's coming. It's coming. I can feel that it's coming. So I feel like this is a sweet spot and I'm trying to enjoy it as much as possible because I know it's not going to last. That's And it's so good to recognize that, isn't it? Life can kind of pass you by without you recognizing that this is actually the good bit. Yeah, no, it's lovely. Like she still thinks I'm really cool and she still wants to hang out with me, you know, and I know it's, I know those days are, you know, I know they're not long now. So I'm uh, precious. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I have to make I'm the trying. most of them. I'm really trying. Yeah. And I know you do a podcast with your husband. So tell me about that. What's that like to podcast together? Yeah. So we started uh, podcasting together actually a while ago. We had, uh, we called it initially hashtag nailed it because we do a lot of these nailed it videos on Instagram, sort of like side by side, trying to uh, imitate uh, talented people <laughs> who are able to do like uh, very, I mean, extraordinary things really. And we can't. Um, and then it came from there. We thought, let's do a podcast, just call it hashtag nailed it. But we changed and now it's called uh, Till Death Do Us Pod. And really before the pandemic, it was a it was an excuse it was like our unofficial date night uh, because we used to go into town and record it in a studio and then have something to eat and it was just a good way to do something and have a date night uh, but now obviously we do it from home and we very quickly realized that we're not interesting enough actually to have a podcast just by ourselves every week so we do interview people as well we have had some amazing guests on the podcast and it's very very random some episodes are very serious and we talk about serious topics with very very serious people and some are just really silly. Uh, but I like that as well. I, I, I sort of like it. You know, I, I called my blog my thoughts about stuff all those years ago because I wanted to be able to talk about everything and anything. Uh, and I think the podcast is also a bit like that. That's great. And so why did you decide to turn your book into a show? So the show uh, we're doing, uh, I'm doing four shows. Uh, the first one is in London. Um, I'm actually not sure when when this is coming out, but it's on the 30th of September. Uh, and then I'm doing Birmingham, obviously, <laughs> on the 5th of October, Manchester <laughs> and Glasgow uh, a few days later. Um, and I wanted to, I mean, I suppose it was a way to celebrate the book and celebrate the people who sent in confessions for the book and just go out and meet people in person. Because, you know, being a creator online, even though there's a lot of people and you see lots of comments and whatever, it sometimes feels like it's not real at all. Uh, and to meet people in person is just such a 
privilege. And it's just so amazing. And I did a tour a couple of years ago, just before uh, the pandemic. And I, I did it in North America. And it was so special to just be able to meet people in person. So really, it was an excuse. <laughs> and the show is, uh, it's obviously a one woman show. I'm supported by the brilliantly talented Rena O'Connor, who's doing a few of her original songs. And uh, there'll be secrets, there'll be confessions. There's a few surprises that I don't want to, I don't want to reveal. Um, But I, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be lots of fun. It sounds great. It sounds like it's going to be a a really good fun. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. People usually have a good time. We'll see. We will see. (laughs) So we have a series of questions that we ask all of our guests. So I'm going to fire them at you if that's okay. So the first one is, what would be the two things you would tell your 18-year-old self if you had the chance? Not to worry so much. I mean, not to overthink and not to worry. And also life is short. I'm sorry. I know that's such a cliche, but yeah. Life is too, is short. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. And what are the three things you love to do every day? So what gives you a great routine, a start or an end to the day? I'd say there's one thing that immediately comes to mind, and that is my walk. I will walk every day. That's how I start my day. Um, it's not a power walk. It's not a fast walk. It's just a walk, and I do enjoy that. Um, the second thing, and I don't do it every day, is meeting my friends because my friends – you know, give me so much and just being with friends is amazing. Probably the third thing is eating chocolate. <laughs> Good choice. Yes. I'm so with you on the yes. walk. I love to do yeah. that as well. It just gives you that lovely headspace, does. doesn't yeah. it? Do you walk on your own? I do, but I listen to music sometimes to podcasts. Sometimes yeah. I, I will chat to a friend even, you know, like just on... It's a good time for me to catch up with people yeah. because my fa- my family also are overseas, obviously. So that's always a good time to just like get people and chat to them. Do you ever carve out family time or how do you kind of separate being on social media and doing all of the, all of the different things that you do? How do you kind of carve that out from your time with your girls? It's actually a real, I mean, it's a challenge because, you know, the way that my work is at the moment, it's like, you know, the internet is on 24 seven. So it's like the shop never closes, but I'm getting better at, you know, just not, you know, not doing it just for the sake of doing it. A lot on social media is just for the sake of doing it and keeping that kind of like momentum going. And it's actually quite exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids are not really a big part, a big part of my blog and, you know, my online. Um, if you look at my, my grid, my, they're not really featured there a lot because to be honest, it's not really about them. And I have a lot of, uh, reservations about how I would want them to be involved. I, 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 I have a love hate relationship with social media. You know, it serves a purpose, but I don't actually like it and I don't enjoy it. And I, I find it quite hard to, I don't want to encourage people to spend too much time on social media, ironically. That's fascinating. I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Yeah. So I, I, I do it and it's my job and I under, and it's how I earn my living, but I do it with the very, I'm yeah, I have mixed emotions about it. So what would be the one piece of advice you would give to someone with a newborn? Oh God, get help. (laughs) 100%. If anyone offers help, say yes. If you can afford help, get it. If you have family, friends who can help, ask them for help. I I think uh, a lot of moms are very ashamed maybe or 
don't, don't know that it's okay to ask for help. I know I, I, I was like that. Um, and in retrospect, I, I, yeah, that's what I would say. I think you also kind of go on automatic pilot, don't you? You just kind yeah. of don't stop and think, actually, I could accept some help here. Yeah. And also I think it's because, you know, as women, we're brilliant. We really are. We're mm-hmm. very good at just getting on with it, which we really are. So then you just don't think about it, you know, just like you said, you just do it, you know? And I remember when I had the twins, I I recognized, because I didn't recognize it with my first and I actually had uh, postpartum depression, didn't even know it, right? But with the twins, I actually recognized that I wasn't able to do it like very early on that I needed help. I knew it, you know, and I, and you know, we, I sort of, I sort of said it very early on. No, no, no. I, we need someone, we need someone. And I was so ashamed of that. I was so ashamed of that. And I had other uh, people that I knew they weren't, uh, they weren't very close friends, but they were in my, you know, like I knew them who had, who had twins, uh, like older twins who didn't have help. And I was comparing myself to that thinking, well, well, she didn't need help and she didn't have a nanny and she didn't have someone help her and she doesn't have family close to her. How, how, how did she manage? Um, and then I remember a few months later, I actually sat down and had a conversation with one of those women and I told her what I had thought, what I was thinking about her and how I saw myself. And she said to me, Tova, I had a mental breakdown. I regret not having the help. She was like, she came out with her story and I thought, wow, you know, like it's crazy. It's amazing how much we hide behind this veneer of everything's fine. Exactly. And that's exactly, again, why I love sharing confessions and secrets. You know, I really do think the truth will set you free. Every single time I've come out and said something that I was petrified of saying, it it probably resonated more than anything else that I've ever said uh, online or even in my personal life. You know, you, 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 you're just amazed. I'm amazed every time, every time. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we're really looking forward to you bringing the show to Birmingham. I've never been to Birmingham, so I'm uh-huh. really excited. It's my first time and I'm actually coming a day earlier because I want to see this town, the city of it, and I want to kind of like, uh, I'm excited to meet people in person. So yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, we look forward to welcoming you. Thank you for Thank joining you. us today and good luck Thank with it so all. Much. Thank you, Zoe. Tova is bringing her show, You Did What, to the Glee Club in Birmingham on October the 5th. You can order tickets via ctickets.com and find out more about Tova via her website, tovalee, that's T-O-V-A-L-I-G-H, dot com. Read Tova's full story on the Brummy Mummies Facebook page and on the Birmingham Live website. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production brought to you by Brummy Mummies and Birmingham Live. You can download and stream the podcast on all major platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Be sure to follow our Brummy Mummies Facebook page for lots more family information and fun. And whilst there, sign up to our newsletter to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time.